You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Tiger Nation. Welcome to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right, five days a week. Monday through Friday, a glance into Clemson Athletics, including the number one team in all of college football. Going to kick things off today with some news and some notes uh, concerning some injury updates that got this week from Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney, and a big one, big news coming out about the middle linebacker James Skowski. Have that for you in just a few moments. Also on this episode Going to do a little mid-season report, kind of look at a bird's-eye view of what the Tigers have done through these six games, who is the most impressive players, who are the MVPs on each side of the ball, what's been the biggest surprises, what's been the biggest disappointments, and maybe what are the biggest concerns moving forward. Going to touch on all of that as these first six games of this season are under wraps. And then finally going to wrap things up at the end here with what is going to be the biggest test this week for Clemson against Boston College. And what is Boston College trying to get out of this game? I'm your host, Brad Sinkoff. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brad Sinkoff. That's S-E-N-K-I-W. And please hit the download button, the subscribe button, tell your friends about the Locked On Clemson podcast. And thank you so much for being a part of it. I'm a credential media member, have been for uh, about 15 years now. And I am the deputy editor over at allclemson.com. I write on a daily basis for the Sports Illustrated Network. And I'm the co-host of the Press Box on 105.5 The Roar in Clemson. Let's dive right into the biggest news of the week. Some of the biggest news of the year. As Clemson head coach Dabo Swinney announced Tuesday morning that James Skowski, the middle starting linebacker, the senior, the veteran, a guy who has been a big-time part of Clemson's success both last year and this year, will miss multiple weeks with a groin injury that is going to require a scope. So he's going to have to have a minor surgery to clean some things up before he can get back on the football field. And this is one of the kind of injury that keeps him definitely out for Boston College on Saturday at noon, definitely out for Notre Dame in two weeks. Then Clemson has a bye week. Then they go to Florida State. So I think best-case scenario, he's back by the Florida State game, but I would probably look at more toward a return around the Pitt game, which is the week after Thanksgiving, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. That would be my guess. Uh, this is not something we need to rush back with him, and he's going to need a little bit of time, I think, to make sure he's in shape and, and good to go. But usually when you have a scope, it's not something that's going to keep you out the entire season or keep you out long-term. But I would say you're looking at missing uh, Skowski for about three games would be my guess, and maybe more. We'll see how this goes. This is important. This is big. He's had a good year. Uh, he's, he's clearly one of the better players on this roster, on this uh, defense especially, and he's the heart and soul of this defense. When you think of you know, playing linebacker for Brent Venables, you think of guys like Ben Bulware and James Skowski. Like it's that kind of uh, premier position in the middle there, and he's the quarterback of the defense. Skowski gets people lined up. He makes sure he has everybody on the same page. He's teaching as he's playing. He's like an extension of Brent Venables, essentially, on the football field. Sure, he can 
help as much as he can from the sidelines and at practice, talking to the guys. But that veteran presence, that leadership, that knowing that, hey, if something happens and I don't do my job, he's going to have my back, that's no longer there. And I don't think it's a production issue without Scousey. I just think it's that that emotional, that heart and soul kind of uh, loss that Clemson's going to have for the next you know three to four games. And certainly something that has to concern Brent Venables and Dabo Sweeney. In fact, it was very interesting what Coach Sweeney said about this. Monday on his call-in show, I, I told you this yesterday, that he said then that Skowski might return this week. So things looked up. Things looked promising for the linebacker. And then late Monday night, Coach Sweeney got an MRI report, and they said they better go ahead and go in there and clean some stuff up to get him back on the field and ready for championship season, which is obviously – um, very important for this Clemson team. And this is this is something that uh, now you have to look at the depth chart and figure out what happens. Skowski is right now the third leading tackler on Clemson's team, and he's a blitzer. He's a bulldog. He's just a, just a nasty middle linebacker that gets after it. Jake Venables will fill in in that role. I, I think Jake Venables has had a pretty good season thus far. Uh, I know he hasn't had nearly as much playing time, but he's fifth on the team in tackles. So it's not like he hasn't done anything all season. He's not stepping into to immediate play time after riding the pine for six games. Venables knows this defense. It's obviously his dad's scheme. Uh, he's been you know working and training under his dad for a long time. Coach Sweeney said that Jake's a little bit different than the defensive coordinator, Brent, his father. Brent's you know very – I don't know what the – there's a lot of words to use to describe Brent Venables. Uh, he gets a little excited. And he has a lot of energy and a lot of passion. And that's not really the demeanor you see from Jake. He's a little more reserved, but he's very, very uh, honed in on fundamentals and technique and preparation, doing the little things, doing every little thing he can to be ready for a game. So a lot falls on his shoulders, but I I think Clemson's okay there. They're just going to miss that voice of James Skowski. And Kane Patterson will be backing up. Venables, and I, I think you're going to see a lot of him on the field. And, and you might see Brent Venables get creative and move some different guys around because he said in the past, like the middle linebacker is the middle linebacker until somebody shifts and moves. So if a tight end shifts or running back comes out of the backfield and lines up or something like that, then one of those linebackers has to slide down. So the middle might become the Will. The middle might become the Sam. You don't really know. So he, he might can get creative. These guys are sort of cross-trained in that manner anyway. So see what happens on Saturday. Also, a couple other injury updates from Coach Sweeney. Tyler Davis, the defensive tackle, working his way back into things. Uh, Didn't sound exactly optimistic about his return this week. It's still a possibility, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they held Davis out. The way they're talking, the way things are going, it would make more sense to me to hold him for the Notre Dame game and get him 100% healthy. He rolled an ankle last week in practice and just hasn't quite been the same. Those those ankles can be tender, and it just takes a little time to get your feet back. And, you know, he may not be ready to really put forth the amount of practice and effort that he needs to to be ready for Saturday. So my guess is Clemson ends up holding him out and goes with uh, Brian Brzee and Niles Pinckney. Didn't get an update on Jordan Williams, but he missed the last game. We'll see if he's back in action uh, coming up on Saturday. And then Darian Kendrick, the cornerback, didn't get a lot of information on him, so not sure what his health status is moving forward, uh, but he was out this past week. Uh, sounds like Justin Foster still 
not close to returning. Debo Sweeney said he's hopeful at some point Foster plays this season. Coming up next, let's take a look at the midseason report on the Tigers. They've played six games. they got five regular season games left. And then you got to go ahead and assume the ACC championship. Do you feel like you're always on? Are you looking for that moment to just sit down, relax, get a moment to chill, hit the reset button, get ready for what's next? I get it. These days, everything is go, 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 and it's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family, it's a million pressing social issues, and it's an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment, though, to chill. That's when you reach for Coors Light, because it's literally made to chill. Watching football is made to be therapeutic, and Coors Light will help you enjoy that a little bit more. Just think about it. Cracking open that nice, cold Coors Light, taking that first sip. It's the best one of the day, always. The best one of the day is the first one. So when you need to chill, you need to take a moment for yourself, drink a Coors Light. It's what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look. Delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's right. Get it delivered to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Just because you're working out, just because you're trying to stay in shape, does not mean you have to sacrifice taste. Check out the new Built Bar. It's new and improved, better tasting, delicious-er. They've added six new flavors to their already amazing options. Now they have 18 great flavors to choose from. They have nut and non-nut options for you. They've got the caramel brownie, the cookies and cream, the apple almond crisp, plus the 12 original flavors like the toffee almond. The coconut. Check out the peanut butter. 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, 19 grams of protein. So it's great for the health conscious guy. It's going to help you maintain and lose weight, but it's going to give you that great taste and that great delicious treat because every bar is covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Go to BuiltBar.com. When you do, just type in Locked On in the promo code and you're going to get 20% off your next order. That's 20% off your next order when you type in promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. Six games down, five to go in the regular season, plus a very likely shot at the ACC championship. That's what the Clemson Tigers have left, and this is where they are right now. Halfway point of the season. A little bit of a different feel to it coming uh, here at, near the end of October, right before Halloween, but still a lot of football to be played, important football to be played. So I thought it'd be a good time, though, to stop, take a minute, and take a look back at what they've accomplished over these six games. Clemson's offense, one of the tops in, in college football. Defense has played really well. Special teams has had some great moments, but not so great moments in protection. So let's take a look at what all is going on. Some superlatives for you here for the Tigers. Biggest surprise this year. The thing I think I was the most wrong about going into this season was I thought Clemson would go back to the traditional 4-3 defense that Brent Venables has used for so long throughout his career. Last year they went to a 3-3-5 primarily because that was what the personnel dictated and it allowed Isaiah Simmons to play all over the field. Safety, linebacker, could get on the line and, and blitz and rush. I mean, he did everything for this defense. And the 3-3-5 simply just allowed Brent Venables to be more creative and use the back end where his players were the best, the most talented. Well, this year, it looks like the defensive front was going to be the best. 
That hasn't really been the case, though, because they've not been fully healthy all season long. Without Xavier Thomas and Justin Foster for most of the season, now XT is getting ramped up a little bit more, but they've gone the first six games, really with him being a non-factor for the most part. So they've had a while Miles Murphy and Justin Maskell and K.J. Henry. This is a lot of you know freshmen and sophomores here that have been asked to take on some bigger roles, and they perform pretty well. But I don't think that's why Clemson has gone away from the 4-3. They've been more of a three-down lineman defense. At least that's when they've been most effective. They'll use four, but I think they've really found some things that work in that three-down lineman. And I'm not calling it a 3-3-5 this year. I don't know what to call it behind them. It's three-down linemen and a bunch of other guys back there. And Brent Venables will mix and match and get guys in different roles and in, in, in different positions. But what it's the reason it's worked is a couple of reasons. One... Clemson still doesn't give up rushing yards. I've been saying it all season. You just don't run on Clemson. If you only have a three-man front and you start getting pounded on, that's a problem. you got to make some adjustments. That's not happening. Mike Jones, Baylon Specter, James Skowski, now it would be Jake Venables. The linebackers have held up really well. And they've the 3-3 or 3-whatever has allowed Clemson to use their blitzes, disguise their coverages, put more DBs on the field when they need to, put less DBs on the field when they need to, and just get super creative where the offense just really isn't reading it well and knows what's coming. So to me, the biggest surprise uh, so far this year has been that 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 three-lineman look has worked so well and been so effective, and it's something Venables is going to, not out of necessity, just because in a lot of situations, it's the best defense that they have. Biggest disappointment this year. You know... You almost feel like you're nitpicking in some ways. Special teams is certainly one of the areas that I, I kept talking about was so good, and now the protection issues. There've been a lot of breakdowns there with the punt coverage team and the kickoff or the kick field goal team. So th- there's a lot going on there on special teams. But I think maybe to me one of the bigger disappointments was another area that I felt I was a little bit wrong on coming into the season. I really thought the offensive line would flat-out dominate. I, I I bought everything Coach Sweeney was saying, that this was as good an offensive line as he's had, and that these guys were going to gel and going to dominate. That has not been the case. You know, I'm not saying they played poorly. That would that would be, if, if they played poorly, Clemson's probably not 6-0, and and the offense probably isn't one of the best in the country. But I don't think they've lived up to their potential. I, I think they've got to take another step and really establish themselves. Defenses are, are, are giving them different schemes this year, okay? Without two uh, stud receivers on the outside, without a Justin Ross and T. Higgins out there, there's a lot more stacking the box. There's a lot more putting a safety or a nickel guy close to the line of scrimmage and spying Travis Etienne and trying to stop the run. So they're having they're taking on more defenders than they can block. So I'm not saying it's necessarily their fault, but I, I'm surprised Clemson hasn't had an opportunity, a chance to just say, you know what, forget all that. Run the football right at these guys. Establish something physical and, and, and try to try to see if they can handle it. And I think the offensive line has, has had some breakdowns and mistakes in pass protection early in games, but I think they've sort of righted the ship through most of those, and they eventually make some adjustments, and they've done pretty well. So I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm bagging on the offensive line to the degree that uh, there's a problem there. But I'm a little disappointed they haven't been more effective in the run game. I really expected it this season. There's plenty of time to improve on that. And and Coach uh, Sweeney and, and Coach Elliott will admit that they need to get a lot better there. 
The MVP on offense. I got to go Trevor Lawrence. I don't think anybody's played better in terms of consistency. I know he had a not-so-great game against Syracuse, but even then he threw for 289 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Two picks on the season, 17 touchdowns overall, passing. I, there's just really not a whole lot, in my opinion, that you can you can get upset with Trevor Lawrence about. And really this offense has been centered around him. I know Travis Etienne, a major focal point, but I think I think Lawrence has just played a little bit better. And he's he's raised his game. I think that's the biggest thing. He's taken his game to another level. Even after last year, he was really good. Didn't play great against LSU. I think he took that personal and worked on his game, and you've seen real improvements in what he's doing right now. Defensive MVP, you know, there's a lot of names you can throw out there, and there's not really any wrong answers when it comes to that. In fact, one that comes to mind is Tyler Davis. He's so important because when he's not in the game, you notice it. Like You notice up front how it's a little bit different, and there's a little more running lanes or there's less pressure coming from the outside because he's not in there to eat double teams. He's that good a player. But it's hard to give the MVP to a guy who's only played in half of Clemson's games. He's played in three of the six. Yes, he is a valuable, and he means a ton to this team. But the guy, to me, who has really shined and been the one that I think deserves to be called the MVP of the defense right now is Baylon Specter. He's the playmaker. He's the guy who's going behind the line and making a lot of plays. He's second on the team and tackles for a loss with five and a half. Uh, he's got two and a half sacks on the season, just one sack behind Miles Murphy. He just seems to be all over the ball, all the time in the backfield, creating havoc. And he's doing that in that three-down lineman defense that I just talked about. And so I think Balen Specter, I expect him to be good this year. I didn't expect him to be this, though. The young man is really, really making some big-time plays out there. Best coaching job is going to go to Mike Reed, the cornerback's coach, through six games. I'm not sure any unit has improved the most, any position has improved the most from game one through game six than his cornerbacks. If you remember, they didn't have Darian Kendrick in the first game, and Andrew Booth got burned a few times, and you started wondering, I mean, my goodness, is this going to be the caliber of of secondary that Clemson needs to go all the way this year? And then all of a sudden, Booth started figuring it out, and he started making some plays and gets some interceptions. Kendrick comes in, gets some interceptions. Sheridan Jones playing well. All of a sudden, that cornerback uh, position becomes a strength. And there are tons of pass breakups. Or they're getting in receivers' faces. They're, they're not giving in. They're not getting beat uh, deep very often. And I, I think that just shows you uh, that Mike Reed is coaching his tail off this year. I think he's done an extremely good job with this group. Biggest concern moving forward. We'll wrap things up with this. Uh, I, to me... The backup running backs, I just don't feel like they've produced. Maybe some of that's offensive line. Uh, maybe some of that is Travis Etienne. You know is going to play and dominate. So maybe some guys aren't preparing quite as much as they should. But I've seen nothing from the backup running backs to make me believe that if something happens in Travis Etienne this year, that those guys are ready to play and they're ready to be impact players. And I don't think any of them can catch the ball out of the backfield like Etienne. So it's going to be imperative that he stays upright and healthy for the final half of this season because I, I there, to me there's just not that much faith there. Lynn J. Dixon hasn't really had a good season, averaging under four yards per carry. That's just not acceptable for a player of his ability. And I know he's had some injuries. He's battled some things, and he hasn't had a ton of playing time. He's only averaging five carries per game. He averaged seven carries per game last year. In fact, he's on pace for about half of the carries that he had last year. He needs to get going. He needs to be more active in this offense and showcase his skills. So, Got to see what that backup group does. They need to show some improvement. Ches Malusi appears to be coming on, but they've got to get better. 
Coming up in just a few moments, I'm going to tell you about what tests these two teams on Saturday have to pass. Clemson, obviously, it needs to redeem itself from last week. Boston College, can they pull the upset? I'll discuss what's on the line coming up. Four and two, Boston College comes to Memorial Stadium on Saturday at noon to take on the number one and undefeated Clemson Tigers. And BC, pretty strong out the gate this year. They looked a lot better than a lot of people think that they would. And to me, they were sort of a feast or famine team. I said in the preseason that I felt like if they got Phil Dracovic at quarterback and got him eligible, it gave them a chance to be good on offense. And I had a feeling their defense would be pretty solid behind their uh, new head coach, Jeff Halfley, came up from Ohio State, where he was a defensive coordinator, co-defensive coordinator. And that's that's been the case. And those two things have both worked out for them. And they're playing a pretty good style of ball. This is not Steve Adazio football anymore, folks. This is not the conservative sort of run the ball, run the clock, try to control the game, try to limit the opponent's possessions. That's not really what they're doing. This is a pro-style offense, and Phil Dracovic looks really good. So the biggest challenge for me that I want to see Clemson try to pass this week, is to contain him. Dracovic has uh, over 250 rushing yards on the season. He's mobile. He's a big, big kid out of Pennsylvania. He went to Notre Dame and started out there before he transferred to BC. There's, just, there's a lot of things he can do that Brennan Armstrong did for Virginia against Clemson. Now, I don't know if, if Clemson was ready for what Brennan Armstrong could do with his legs, so that may have caught them off guard. Dracovic may not catch them off guard. They did have... Right after Virginia, the Miami game against uh, Derrick King, who did have a huge run against them, but for the most part, Clemson kind of kept him contained. So to me, this is going to be the matchup. And if the Tigers can get after Jakovic and not let him get out of the pocket, not let him create plays, uh, pass that test. Show that you can stop that kind of quarterback in this game, or at least limit him uh, greatly like you did King, not like you did Brendan Armstrong. And I think it'll be a, a big test for this defense to pass, and it's especially going to be difficult with all those starters out. Also for the Tigers, this is a chance to redeem themselves. You know, this was a team that did not play, I don't think, with quite the energy you've seen earlier this season. Uh, we'll talk that, about that on, on Monday's episode, what were the various reasons for that, and there's there's several of them. But regardless, it was not a team that came out especially sharp, and you got to see a, a change in that, and I, I think you will, but that's a test you got to pass. If you're Clemson, like you can't come out and look the way that they did against Syracuse, and things have to be a little bit, a little bit more precise. Um, gonna have to execute a whole lot better. And Boston College is a lot better team than Syracuse. Now the Orange played with a chip on their shoulder, and that was very, very clear from the beginning. But still, this is this is a little bit different team. I don't think you can mess around with BC if you're Clemson. You, you need to put this team away. Don't go in the third quarter like you did last week up 27-21 and expect anything but a dogfight. So I, I think Clemson's going to put forth a better effort, be more fundamentally sound, and execute better and not let Boston College hang around in this game. At least that's what they should be doing. That should be another test that they have to pass. In terms of Boston College, what are they trying to get out of this game? Well, if you're Jeff Halfway, your first year, you got nothing to lose here. You know, why not throw the kitchen sink at the Tigers? Give them everything you've got. Uh, they got a, a receiver in Flowers, who's tremendous. they got a great tight end. They can stretch the field on you, and they can make some plays after the catch. So if I'm Boston College, I'm throwing out stuff nobody, nobody's seen this year, saving it for 
um, whatever, you know, down the road kind of stuff. This is the time to to empty out the playbook and see if Clemson can handle it. This is sort of the Super Bowl for Boston College. You know, they're not going to win. They're 4-2. They're, they're not going to win enough games to go to the ACC championship game, but you can affect the ACC championship potentially by pulling off an upset here. I don't think they're going to pull off an upset as a 31-point underdog, but that should be the mindset of this team, and there's no reason for Boston College not to have that sort of mindset. You know, and I, I think for Halfley in his first year, it's really important to kind of establish yourself against the big dogs. You know, you're the – it's it's like a prison movie. You know, you're the new guy. <laughs> Probably not a great analogy. But, you know, you're the new guy, and you walk in, and everybody's staring at you, and they want to see what you got. They're sizing you up, seeing what you're made of, and they're going to put you to the test. That's kind of what he's walking into here. I want to see how he handles the how he handles his team. Are they well prepared? Are they well coached? Do they give Clemson a ball game? Do they keep this under the spread, which they should? Uh, I feel like it's too many points. But is this a is this a third quarter game? You know, maybe even get to the fourth quarter and still be in it. That's me. I hate to say moral victories. I think it's a way overused phrase, but that would really help this program and establish something. And for Jeff Halfway to say, hey. I'm going to come in here one day with a team that just might be good enough, so be prepared. That's at least the, the, the test that I'm putting BC to to see if they can pass it. Look, this is a, this is a good program right now. It's a good team. Adazio, I think, left a couple of good players behind. He brought in some good transfers, and Halfway's figured out kind of how to make some things work there at BC. And I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to get better as the season goes along, even after this game, because... I think they are well-coached, and I think they are well-prepared. Uh, so a lot of tests. Uh, obviously, it's a test for Travis Etienne, the Clemson running back, as he is trying to break the all-time ACC rushing record. We're going to talk about that later this week. This is going to wrap up this episode. want to thank you so much for joining me. Coming up tomorrow, take a look at Tigers and the pros, and there's some good ones this past week that played really well. Also, take a look at the matchups for the upcoming Sunday. And then also, we'll do a little fact or fiction and break down some things going around this Clemson football team heading into Saturday's game against Boston College. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Brad Sinkoff. That's S-E-N-K-I-W. And please, give me some feedback. Let me know what you think of Locked On Clemson Podcast. Let everybody know about it. And make sure that you hit that download and subscribe button. Also, check out the Locked On College Football Podcast with Candace Cooper for information and updates on everything going around the game heading into this big weekend. Hope you have a great, happy, safe day. Talk to you tomorrow, Tiger Nation.